Hello, hello. You are tuning into a brand new episode of Tide Pod. And today, y'all, I have been talking to Jess in the DMs for so long, trying to get her on the show. And we are finally here. So we're excited. So let me give you just a quick tidbit about Jess before I hand the mic over to her to share all the good stuff. Jess Ekstrom is the founder and CEO of Headbands of Hope, which is a company that donates headbands to kids with illnesses with every headband sold. And when you go to her website, like the pictures, Jess, heartwarming. I was just... I love it. I love Thank everything you. this is about, seriously. So Headbands of Hope has been featured on the Today Show, Good Morning America, QVC, The View, literally all the places, y'all. <laughs> been worn by Khloe Kardashian, who is perhaps my favorite Kardashian, just going to put that out there. And most importantly, it has donated over 900,000, you heard me right, 900,000 headbands reaching every single children's hospital in America and over 22 countries. So after starting her company, Jess really wanted to be able to use the ups and downs to help other women become valued experts within their own industries. So in 2020, she started Bright Pages, a guided online journal for doers and creators. Genius idea. We will be talking about that. And she is also the best-selling author of Chasing the Bright Side um, and the creator of a bunch of online courses, communities, whole shebang for women to support women, excuse me, in becoming keynote speakers, getting book sales, all the things. Hello, my friend, it's Tiana Tai, Team Dynamics Consultant and Trained Industrial Organizational Psychologist, helping you to become a better leader than your last boss. And right now, you are tuning in to the go-to podcast for entrepreneurs building and leading teams, hiring, onboarding, management, or maybe you just want some general advice about building your business. Well, let me assure you, you are in the right place. So go ahead, crack open a fresh notebook because you are listening to Tipod. I've got to take just a quick second to ask you for a serious bit of support. Tipod would not be possible without your reviews, your comments, and just all of the positive feedback that we've been receiving so far. So if you haven't already, please go on, hit subscribe to make sure you're not missing out on any of this good and free content, and also be sure to leave a review. You may think that I'm not looking at them, but I swear to you, my friend, I read every single review and it just makes my heart so happy. So if you haven't already done so, hit pause, leave a review, and then let's get back to the goodness. She is an Airstream traveler. I love watching on Instagram, by the way. And she just has like the most majestic dog, Ollie, ever to walk this earth. So just before I just continue to give your whole life story on your behalf, please jump in. Oh my gosh. I think that goes down in the history books as one of my favorite introductions ever. The fact that you mentioned Ollie, Come on. the fact that you mentioned the Airstream. I mean, you, I, I love how you've done your homework. I can't forget Ollie. I can't forget. I'm glad that there are people out there that are as obsessed with him as I am. Like even before I had a dog and, you know, people would be like, oh, you want to see a picture of my dog? And I'm like, mm-hmm. whatever. And now I'm like, show me your dog. I know yeah. everyone in my neighborhood by the name of their dog. <laughs> Dog people unite. I'm here yeah. for it. 
<laughs> well, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I've been such a fan of your podcast and been a listener for a while. So it's so awesome to be on your show. Absolutely. You know, even like just seeing you on social, hearing you speak all the places, you show up really loud and really proud. By the way, like the whole chasing the bright side thing, I just realized that goes really well with how you actually show up in the world, right? Um, One of my favorite little like tidbits of a story that I heard about you, I'm not going to spill the beans on it, but I did hear a little story about how kind of how you entered into entrepreneurship in a hilarious childhood way. Can you please just like share that story with everybody? Well, I, I, at one point I upgraded from lemonade stands when, um, eBay came out and I was like, man, you, you mean I can actually like sell things from my own home and make money from it. And I was like, so blown away of this concept. And so, um, I signed up for an eBay account. I think I was like in middle school at this mm-hmm. point. And I got a white sheet from like the linen closet, hung it over my door in my room, and then got my mom's digital camera and made it like a photography studio. And then I would go around the house just like grabbing items that I thought like looked valuable and take pictures of them and post them on eBay and sell them without like any kind of permission. I would like go in my sister's room and like take one of her dolls and be like, I'm selling this. And then then my family started to realize things around the house were going missing. And they were like, where are all these things going? And also, how do you have money right now? <laughs> so my business got shut down, but it definitely sparked my entrepreneurial hustle for sure. <laughs> you little thief. I know. <laughs> my sister still to this day, my sister does not let me live this down. How I sold one of her like American Girl doll bikes or whatever. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like, what do you want me to do? You were, you were out there hustling. You tell her it was the spirit. It could not be. like, I'll give you a commission. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I love it. So that spirit that you've kind of just always had, we all see now how that's translated. And I I find you so interesting because it's not just like, you're definitely not a one trick pony by any means of the phrase, right? Like there's a lot going on. I'd love for you to kind of lay out the scene for everybody who has not encountered your genius yet. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And it's funny, before we hit record, we were kind of talking about just like seasons that you go through in life and in your business. And um, I feel like I started my business at such a young age that I've been able to have maybe a few more seasons than people uh, who are at my age have so far because I started Headbands of Hope when I was 19. And I was in college, I was interning for Make-A-Wish, seeing a lot of kids that were losing their hair to chemotherapy. And they love to wear headbands after hair loss, but they would be offered wigs and hats. And um, I, I call it like the the dumbest but smartest moment of my life where I was like, oh, if they're, if they're not getting headbands, then like I should be able to get them headbands in some way. And so in a roundabout way, I started Headbands of Hope my junior year of college, um, had no idea what I was doing, messed up a lot, but eventually grew it to a multi-million dollar company where we have, um, getting close to almost 15 employees now. Um, and I, but then as I started kind of going down this path and growing Headbands of Hope, I realized that um, my story in starting this company was also like a really valuable product in itself. 
because I could, I was living proof that like, you don't have to have this like fancy degree or have all this like previous skill sets or knowledge in order to create something that you believe in and create something successful and also make a living and make a difference at the same time. And so I started doing speaking engagements. And then that eventually led to um, a book deal with Harper Collins, where I published Chasing the Bright Side. And, um, and then all of that kind of led to more women should be on the speaking circuit and getting book deals, which led to my course offerings, Mic Drop Workshop and Book Pop, because I just think more women should be seen and valued as experts. And it's just historically white men on shelves and on stages. Uh, and then from all of that, uh, when we were in like quarantining last year, I kind of had jumped off the bandwagon of writing after I turned in Chasing the Bright Side. Like when I was writing Chasing the Bright Side, I had this disciplined writing practice every day because I had to have this certain word count of like, I need to finish this manuscript by this date, you know, or else... <laughs> I'm in trouble. And then when I turned in that manuscript and I stopped having that writing practice, I felt it. Like I felt more cluttered. I felt more anxious. And I realized that in the process of having a writing practice, I had more clarity and more ease about what I was doing and what I stand for and who I am than I've ever had before. And so I looked up different like journals, online, physical of like, what is out there that could help me get this writing practice back, but in a way that I can write towards the things that I want to create, you know, courses, podcasts, products. Yeah. Um, and there wasn't anything out there. And I think that one of the golden rules of entrepreneurship is just about creating what you wish existed. And if you can't find it, then maybe you should be the one to create it. So uh, Bright Pages was born last year. We're a guided online journal for doers and creators. So that's kind of the seasons over the past nine years that have led me to today. I love it. And I love that you don't like gloss over the fact that there are seasons to it and it's taken time totally. to get there. It's just the fact that you started really, really early, which is amazing. And there's really crappy seasons too. And then there's really oh. great seasons, but neither one of them defines you, you know, at the end <laughs> of it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So I'm curious. I want to hear a little bit more about Bright Pages, actually. Like you've got yeah. my wheels turning because I, I think I would also describe myself as more of a I don't know. I'm definitely a highly digital person. Like Same. all the notes, especially business notes when I'm like brainstorming or doing whatever, even if I write them physically, they need to get transferred, you know, to something digital, be stored in my Google Drive, like whatever. So what were some of those frustrations that actually really caused you to be like, no, no, we're doing this? Yeah. Well, I was the same way where I really liked the digital format mm -hmm. um, a lot because of like organization too. If I wanted to go back and reference things, I wasn't like flipping through chicken scratch or whatever. <laughs> I was just like, I know what to do. But um, so with Bright Pages, one of the things I wasn't finding was like the creative inspiration. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the platforms that I was using like either didn't have prompts at all. And, and I felt like whenever I would write on just a blank piece of paper, I would end up writing more about my anxiety and like more negative than oh. I would positive. And then the quotes or like the prompts that they would have would just be these like, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take or like these like recycled, <laughs> like Gandhi quotes that yeah. nothing against Gandhi, but I'm like, I I'm not like, Oh yeah, this is, relates to me. 
And so with Bright Pages, the thing that kind of like makes us different that we do is we have something called prompt pathways where like, let's say you wanted to start a podcast, you could pick the um, podcasting pathway and get tailored prompts based on developing your podcast. Oh, yes, that's really cool. So we have, um, we're working on building out this pretty extensive pathway library where like whatever it is that you want to create what ideas you're trying to flesh out, whatever it is you want to work on, you can take that pathway from someone who's done it. So Mm -hmm. like we would love to have you do, you know, a pathway or about whatever it is that you're like focusing on. We have pathways from like Natalie Frank about, you know, fostering more community over competition in your life right now. We have um, Britt Morin's pathway from Brit & Co about how to um, foster more creativity. And so I, I want like doers and people who are out there in the world to deliver questions. Cause I think the other part of this is just like, we are so drowning in information right now, you know, yeah, we are. we're just constantly consuming, which is great that we have so many things we can consume. But sometimes when we're looking for the way we, mm-hmm. we look out instead of looking in. And sometimes we don't need to search for more answers. We just need to start asking ourselves the right questions. Some of the best ideas that we have, we already have them. We just don't know it yet. And we just need to be prompted to to bring it out of us. Come on. A word, ladies and gentlemen. Thank a you. whole Thank word. <laughs> no, I'm I'm highly obsessed with the concept of like these pathways for real. It reminds me, like, I don't know if you've ever done one of those, like, devotionals on mm-hmm. on the apps or whatever. And I used to have this devotional that I would go to. And you choose kind of, like, what the topic is, like, what you're focused on. And based on that, they would make recommendations. And it just reminded me of kind of more of that curated experience based on what I'm saying I need right now. Yeah. It, and, yeah. and it should be per- – journaling should be personalized because – I mean, we wake up every day different. Like this morning, you know, yesterday I woke up like, let's get it. Like, what am I creating? You know, what am I going to do today? Like yeah. world domination. Today I woke up just feeling like a little imposter syndrome and just like, you know, sometimes we don't even know where this stuff comes from. We just wake up feeling different for no reason. And so yesterday, maybe the journaling I needed was like, here's a pathway to help you flesh out your ideas and set your priorities for the week. Today, I needed to go down like a pump up pathway of like Mm -hmm. reminding myself, you know, what, where my value is because I was feeling a little anxious. And so I feel like we should be able to show up at, you know, our computer and journal based on what we need that day, not like, you know, just a blank sheet of paper for us to figure it out. Yeah, that blank sheet of paper is really daunting nine times out of 10. Yeah. (laughs) And we feel like we also feel like we have to fill it. Um, Like, I think micro journaling speed journaling, um, Mm -hmm. doing journaling sprints is really like, um, uh, undervalued. We, we don't really talk about it. We think journaling needs to be this like by the fire and like cup of tea and, you know, like (laughs) just on airplane mode, but sometimes we just have a few minutes and we have 10 minutes before our coffee's ready and that we got to go to the carpool line or like whatever it is we're doing. And that's good enough. And so One of the other parts that um, we built into the app is um, an email function. So the prompts can be emailed to your inbox or the daily prompt that day or whatever pathway you're on. And then you can just hit reply in your email with your with your post. And then it will archive it for you in your account because it's associated with your email address. 
So you don't even need to log in. You can just respond to an email with your journal entry for the day. Oh, come on. It really is for like the doers of the world. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I don't have, t- I don't have time. You know, it's, it's funny. Like people who say they don't have t- enough time to meditate are the ones right. who like need to meditate. But I do think that journaling can be impactful in 15 minutes. So Absolutely. if we can make that more efficient and effective, then, and then you're not staring at page, like, what am I going to write today? Mm-hmm. Um, we'll take care of that. And we'll take care of like where that prompt meets you, you know? So it's been really cool. I've never built a tech company before. You know, Headband yeah. the Pope is a consumer product and it's a physical good. Um, so of course there's been some glitches, but it's also been really fun to to create. Today's episode was brought to you by my literal saving grace of a system, Kajabi. That's right, Kajabi. Now, back in the day, we used to host all of our courses on the main site, tianatai.com, but I kind of always had my eyes set on Kajabi. The truth is, nothing else compares for online courses, memberships, communities, etc., etc. Kajabi hooks us up with the site, hosts all of our courses, and has the marketing bells and whistles to ensure my students are aware of all of the resources out there to help them. It's literally a win-win-win. Per usual, I'm the type of business owner that wants my systems to be as streamlined as possible, and it was really Kajabi's all-in-one focus that got me going. So you can head to tianatai.com kajabi because I've got you hooked up with a 45-day free trial. That's right, just go to tianatai.com kajabi. That sounds so fun to create, but I can see why, like, for example, just a minute ago, you said this morning, I woke up with a bout of imposter syndrome, right? And just like not feeling it, kind of feeling the funk, very different from the energy of yesterday. And I'm curious, like, again, your journey is something serious and you've kind Mm -hmm. of been around the block. And what has that experience, just to pivot a little bit, like what has that experience really felt like to transition into this tech? Yeah, you know, company like this is very very different. It is, and um, it's kind of like uh, so when I started Headbands of Hope, I you know you're literally starting from zero, and yeah. no one expects anything of you, and um, it's kind of fun to be underestimated. It's like it's almost like you're dancing when no one's watching, and then yeah, and then when you nail the performance, it like surprises the hell out of everyone. You're like, I have arrived. Yeah. (laughs) So that's how I felt with Headbands of Hope because I was so young and underestimated by people that I could literally just, I could mess up when no one was really watching. I could, and then finally I could get it and people were like, oh, you know, she's doing Mm -hmm. something. So then um, I think that the, the, it's cool when you figure it out, but then it also puts this other lens on what you do next. Mm-hmm. And so when you know what it feels like to win, it's really hard to feel um, like you're starting over. And yeah. so I, I went through a little bit when we were starting Bright Pages, like, I'm like, okay, I've started this. Why is this not like a Forbes top, you know, co- you know, top company to work for yet. Forbes where you're at. Yeah. And they're like, dude, we're like three months in, you know, chill out. And I'm like, my mind is where Headbands of Hope is at nine years in. Mm-hmm. And I have that same expectation on a company that I'm starting three months in. And it's unfair to that. And so I've kind of had to step back a little bit and remind myself the beauty in being a beginner. 
and like being curious and learning and trial and error. Because once you have something down, um, you know, I get a little bored, but then you also get a little comfortable. And so I think like starting over has been a really great growth experience for me because I didn't realize how how comfortable I've been with Headbands of Hope because we kind of caught our stride. Ooh, you know what this this conversation just reminded me of? You ever hear um, musicians, like really famous ones who have like that one hit wonder? Yeah. And then they're terrified to like drop the next EP. That's yes. what I just thought of. It's, it's so true though. I mean, and then you like, you stop coming from a place of like inspired work and you mm-hmm. start coming from a place of like very quantifiable, measurable, almost anxious work because yeah. now you know now you know that what the history has looked like. And if your second round doesn't match the first history, then, oh, my God, you're a failure, <laughs> which is, like, so not true. Yeah. Um. And so I think that, like, getting comfortable being a beginner when you know what it feels like to win, but then s- believing in something enough to say, you know what, I'm going to do this all over again. Like, that's when I think you know that you really have that eBay fire within you is when you're like, (laughs) Hey, I could just like cruise control right now, but I I do think that this idea is going to help people. So I'm going to go back to that discomfort level that I was in for nine years and Mm -hmm. do that again. Oh, I love that. And I feel like something that you said just a moment ago, you mentioned, I think it was a team member or just someone in your circle who was like, Jess, you need to calm down. It's been three months, right? I'm curious, what has it been like? Like, who are the people that have kind of been in your corner to be like, ma'am, this is new. It's amazing. Like, we're going to get there, but let's take several steps back and like, enjoy the journey. Who have those people been for you? Well, one is my husband. Um, mm-hmm. I call him like my chief fun officer, you know, because <laughs> me, whenever anything good happens, I'm like, cool, on to the next thing. And he's uh-huh. like, wait a second, like you just did this, like, let's, you know, celebrate or something. So he's, he really keeps me grounded. But actually the other person I think is a mutual friend of ours, um, Kate Rose now with, yeah. Work well with Kate, she is like my mind business Buddha that I like want to put her in my pocket. She always has the clarity, you know, that she can step back and say, Hey Jess, like you ran a company for nine years or are running a company and it's been nine years old. You you can't compare chapter nine to chapter one. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's been really great. But uh, yeah, I think that like the more clear you become on what you stand for, the things that you want to create, what you believe in, it attracts those people that are doing those same things. And that's what I think one of the powers of social media is, is just being able to, I mean, Kate and I met on, on Instagram and, and then I got introduced to yeah. you and you just find those people that are like marching to that same beat and can add to it and make you better. And isn't that so amazing? That is one of, look, it's been interesting times, but that's one yeah. of the things I really do love about living right now, you know? True. I mean, there, obviously there's pros and cons to, to yeah. everything. <laughs> it's funny. I was listening to, um, have you ever listened to Armchair Expert with Dak Shepard? I haven't. Podcast. Mm-mm. So he was interviewing Bill Gates and they asked him, which I thought this was a really interesting question just about the internet. They're like, you know, you created something that is like really revolutionized the world, but it's also brought a lot of like bad things, you know, yeah. to the world. Like, do you have any regrets in like creating computers and like now like look at where we're at now? 
And Bill Gates's response, and I literally was like jaw on the floor. I'm like, what? He goes, Henry Ford was probably like, so we killed some people. Like it's, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And I could not like get over his reaction, but it was so true. He was like, just because there's like some bad repercussions to things doesn't eliminate the magnitude of good that it's brought. And so I have my my rifts with social media and Instagram mm-hmm. and like some of my, that imposter syndrome. But I think if I can sum up like all the tally scores, it's definitely done more good. I mean, it's the sole reason why I think people can start companies yeah. now and not have these massive marketing budgets or not have to open a store, you know? Oh, I can't even imagine doing, well, first of all, without the internet, most of my work is impossible, uh, yeah. but marketing alone not without social media. I actually just can't even imagine it. Yeah, it's hard to imagine what it was like before. Mm-hmm. And I think it's cool now that like, so being able to start yeah. is pretty easy. And I don't say that in like a light way, but I, I say that in a lot of people can start businesses now or start whatever they want and podcast, whatever it might be. And I think that that's amazing that that everyone has that ability but it makes it more important for the creator or the entrepreneur to be very clear about like why they're there and why they're doing it in order to be built to last, you know, because if you're just always chasing the next shiny thing, um, so will everyone else, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, not in a scarcity way, but there's it's so easy to start. There's so many of us. So I I have also find found that having that thing, having that fire, that purpose behind what you're doing, that really is the key to not quitting. Like your why yeah. so underestimated. What would you say is like your like umbrella, like your North Star of all this for you? Ooh, I think for me at the end of the day, I just want to help people create work environments that aren't life sucking. Mm. especially when it comes to virtual work. Like that's yeah. my thing. I, my career has been probably about 85% virtual actually, which is just like a fun accident, wasn't even planned. But really creating those environments because if we're spending over a third of our lives doing this, like working, engaging with people, building our careers, I think that that should be a really good time. Whether we're yeah. entrepreneurs who are like employing other people I think that we should be creating really, really amazing environments for them to live out their careers within. I love that. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I've been in some not so good environments. So it's like really, really important to me to help other people not recreate the same issues that many of us have run away from. Well, maybe you can give me some tips while I'm here because I, you know, started Headbands of Hope in college Mm -hmm. and- so I never really had the chance. I, I never applied for jobs or anything after that. So I feel like the past, you know, you know, nine years, I've been cr- trying to create a work environment without any kind of context of what, like I've, and yeah. and I feel like I've done a pretty good job. Everyone's, everyone's, you know, happy. happy. I've uh, <laughs> had, um, but I mean, of course there's always been riffs and, uh, you know, moments where I want to make sure people are feeling heard and supported. And um, I would say the the biggest problem that we have as a, as a company is like a great problem to have where every single one of the women on my team mm-hmm. feel like an entrepreneur and they act like an entrepreneur, which is the best thing that I could ever ask for. And that strength is also the reason for like 10% of 
friction, you know, that happens okay. is because people feel so passionately about what they're doing, you know, and and so I I always like thank my lucky stars whenever we have any sort of problem like that. Um because it's never a problem of people being complacent or like not fulfilling something. It's mm-hmm. always like caring a lot. But do you have any tips for me? Um Ooh. because, you know, I'm just kind of trying to build a, a virtual work environment from scratch without really I've never had that experience, you know, that you've had. Yeah. I'm super curious. Like a lot of times when people say everybody has that, you know, really entrepreneurial spirit, sometimes how that's really manifesting itself is we're all like working very autonomously, which is not a bad thing at all. Is that Mm -hmm. kind of what you mean? Like, yes, they're they're very gung ho, but also we're owning our stuff and kind of in our own lanes, maybe not as a collective as much. Is that what you mean? That is spot on because I think that um, they're all very close. Yeah. Um, it, I'm actually, uh, one of the only remote, you know, people, um, most of them are in Charlotte oh. and they're all very, very close. We have our warehouse in Charlotte and everything. Um, but I think that they all are tunnel vision on there, not tunnel vision, but like their job is so important to them, mm-hmm. um, where you're right. It's like, then all of a sudden you look up and, and realize that maybe we should have collaborated, you know, on this yeah. thing. But we're thinking about like, you know, so we have our warehouse uh, that is strictly kind of just like pack and ship. But if we had like, we're thinking about expanding to a bigger warehouse that if there was like a co-work part of it at the front of it where um, people could choose to come in and work alongside people. So it's not, you can choose to be virtual or not, um, could help blend that a little bit. Absolutely. That would be amazing. First of all, like headquarters style things. Yeah, I, I'm right. always like, Oh, do it. It's so cool. <laughs> um, which is funny because again, I'm like a huge advocate for virtual work. Right. But when mm-hmm. it comes to teams, virtual teams, which is literally my specialization, I'm still like, Oh, it's amazing. We can do so many great things with you as a team. I need you to go see each other in person a few times mm-hmm. a year, please. Totally. <laughs> and that's and then, such a hard it, pill to swallow. And it's kind of difficult logistically. And then you kind of get in these habits where you're like, okay, every month we're going to do this together. We're going to, yeah. every quarter we're doing a retreat and, and then life gets busy and you're like, well, we'll just do it in the fall. Mm-hmm. And it, it just slowly slips away. And then you, whenever you are in person, you're like, why don't we do this more? Right. You know? Right. So I would say like 90% of our best ideas that we've pursued have come from those like once a quarter in-person meetings. Ma'am, you just like, it's funny. Now my marketing head is on for just a second, but you just like spoke the sales page of my team retreat facilitation, because that is a big reason why I'm always advocating for people to get together. And I look, you're wiser than you just like positioned yourself because you already know the answer to what you say. It's because I listened to your podcast, you know? Well, thank you. (laughs) But seriously, the best ideas, the best moments of collaboration, like really getting aligned with one another there is nothing like getting in person to do so. You know what I mean? Whether that's just like one-off, we're going to drink wine and get massages and have just like a fun retreat or whether it's like a super strategic, we're doing developmental sessions and this and that, no matter what, hands down, that's the biggest transformation impact maker I've witnessed in virtual teams specifically. I love that. And we just hired a couple more women on that um, are not in Charlotte. And so yeah. we're 
you know, flying them in to meet like the team and everything. Yes. And, um, you know, it was just, it's something that's like, it becomes not just a name on your Slack channel or mm-hmm. at someone in your inbox. You're like, oh yeah, it's this person like yeah. that I actually saw face to face and we talked about our dogs, you know, mm-hmm. it just humanizes all of it. It, a bit more. it absolutely does. And I feel like there, there are a lot of things that we can do virtually. You know what I mean? You and I, we've built a bond virtually. Like mm-hmm. all of the connections that we make on Instagram on a daily basis, we know how to foster relationships virtually. But at the same time, if we were able to go, get, if I'm like popping in and I'm like, Jess, I'm in your neighborhood, let's go get coffee. That would take the relationship to a deeper level, period. Totally. Because Which I'd be being. totally down for that. Oh yeah. Next time. It where, where are you located? I'm in Atlanta. Okay. Oh shoot. I go to Atlanta all the time. I'll oh, well, come on. Yeah. Y'all. Ty, we're going to do okay. like a set, a follow-up. We're going to be like, yes, we're together in person. <laughs> yes. I would love that. That would be awesome. Oh man. Well, I have adored this conversation and I actually, before we have to wrap, I want to give an opportunity just for you to like share any big news, like what's going on in your world. I loved just kind of getting to pick your brain and chat about things. So I want people to know what's up with Jess. Yeah. Oh, that's a good, good question. I mean, really the main thing that's been front and center is like just building bright pages and getting it to a point where I'm like, so happy about it. So yeah. right now it's, um, we have like a founding member rate of $30 for the entire year. And that's like your lifetime membership yeah. <laughs> because we want to just, I just want people to use it. And I understand that, uh, there might be like things that could be done better or that we'll fix, but we need people on it in order to like figure that out. Right. Um, so yeah, if you want to try it out, you can go to brightpages.com. And then um, I actually created the code pod POD for one month free. So you can give it a shot. Awesome. So yeah, would, would love to connect on Instagram or anywhere that you can find me. Yes, y'all, if you know her name, you know where to find her. And we'll make sure to put all this in notes, full shebang that everybody always does on every single podcast ever existing. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate you having me. This was like, I forgot we were recording. I'm like, this is just such a fun conversation to have with you. So thank you. I know. Thank you so much for being here. Everybody go find Jess immediately. And we need to, I'm going on Bright Pages. So I better see y'all on Bright Pages. (laughs) Thank you. 